Stitch Diggers number 101, recorded live at the virtual launch party for Savage Legion by Matt Wallace. And ain't no wannabes here With some not so nice advice For your writing career To be clear No punches will be pulled But the punch may be spiked How they like before they get on the mic To my left we got the mighty Mer Lafferty And if I piss her off Believe me she'll come after me And her co-host Matt Evan Wallace On the right Yeah she may be half as hype But she can take him in a fight So settle in folks Buckle in and boot up Time to meddle in a way To make your writer shut up It's hard work But the perk is that It's fun and exciting Facebook will still be there When you're done writing Ditch diggers Hey everybody, it is a Savage Legion book launch. We can't do it in person, unfortunately, so we're doing it online. We are, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm still celebrating. I got the, uh, got the Macambo, the 20-year aged, the best of the, uh, the Mexican rums from Veracruz. Very good stuff. That's, that's what I forgot. I forgot my drink. <laughs> I have so been worrying about Hey, I've been setting up all the professional stuff. I forgot the drink. That's that's much more professional than remembering the drink and not bringing anything for the mosquitoes or light. Now, preserve yourself before pickling your insides. So yes. that should be on a t-shirt or maybe not. I don't know. Actually, today's today's crowdcast, people were asking, like, when are we actually going to make merch for ditch stickers? Because some of those slang, some of that slang needs to be on a shirt for real. Not sure slang is the right word, but uh, it's so weird that I never actually thought in four years, five years, four years. I mean, how long have we been doing this? I don't know. 100 episodes. 100 episodes. We'll go with that as an arbitrary measurement of time. But yeah, I actually hadn't ever thought about really doing merch, but I guess we should. Because, you know, money's good. You need money or you can't buy stuff. That's yeah. Just, that's capitalism. That's just straight up what it is. It is. It is. Hi, Todd. Hey, Todd. I just I decided when I heard the shirt joke the first time, I was ready to go looking for it. I mean, that's a ringing endorsement right there, if nothing that's else. That's true. That's true. If we're going to say that should be a shirt, we need to make the shirts available. I think yeah. that's fair to say. I'm lighting the mosquito coil. The match went out. The, uh, the citron. Like the mosquito coil. What? I almost said citrion, but I know that's not right. That's a car, right? I actually don't know. <laughs> We have people we can ask. That's what's That's great true. about it. Yeah. Usually it's just us in a room bathed and wondering aloud. Yeah. Just cloaked in our own ignorance with no resources. Except <laughs> the entire world of knowledge at our fingertips and our phones and our laptops and every other damn thing. But we're lazy people by nature. We're anyway. also paying attention to what we're doing. That's like true. We're today, today, today yeah. there was a uh, a dog that wanted to go inside and it was like a hundred degrees and Fiona had already got inside and I had to stop live streaming in order to text Fiona to say, come get the dog because he's black and he's lying in the sun and he looks very hot. Right. So you were, I'm sorry. How does this circle back to the original thing we were talking about? I lost the plot somewhere in there. We were like living in the presence. Paying attention I had to, to stop. Right People had to watch me disconnect. Right. Oh, you had metaphorically. To, you so had to deal. Test. Yeah, you had to deal with what's going on in the moment. So we don't do that when we're recording because right. we don't want to 
stop it unless I edit it out. True, which you do. Um, which I do. People think there's no editing. There's a lot of editing. People think there's no editing? Who doesn't Her, think there's no I editing? I said it like once three years ago and now I fixate on it. Honestly, that's really all it is, really. It was one offhand comment three years ago that I heard oh. deeply. Listen, the guy who complained to you about the editing, and I realized it was a double-edged sword, because I'm like, okay, I'm pissed off that you assumed the dude's editing. Right. But I own it. I own the bad editing if I stand up for myself. <laughs> That's a catch-22, I believe yeah. is what it's called, yes. Pablo, we're here for the Ditch Diggers. Pablo, we're here for you, and thank you for showing up. Citroen yes. car, by the way. Yes. She thinks they're... French, uh, we'll go with that. I'm laying it on the French, and that's all there is to it. The French are responsible for the Citrion. So if it's right. a shitty car, and I just pulled out an entire nation. And the Citrion keeps the mosquitoes away. It does. The Citrion keeps the, uh, the it's Citronelle, right? Like in all seriousness, that's what it is, right? Citronella, I think. Citronella? At the end. I know things. Hey, Tim. Tim. Hi, Tim. Tim Nita Ryder. That's really funny because your last name. Sounds like that, so that's a pun. I dig it. I dig it, Tim. That's really good. I was on Tim's podcast uh, on Friday, a live after reading. Tim and I had a good time, talked about some books, you know, it's good stuff. Savage so, Legion, or like, I, talk about Savage Legion. Yeah. I plug Savage Legion, but also a thing on Tim's show is you talk about like what you've been reading and enjoying. So, we oh, talk about okay, as well. So, that was good. Tim says, yeah, I spelled the name in words on here. You did spell the name in words, and you should be proud of yourself. But, yeah, everybody go check out Alive After Reading. Tim's a good dude. We had a good time. And we're having a good time now. At least I hope everyone is. I'm drinking. Mer's not drinking. But she's drinking up the environment and the outdoors. I'm trying to figure out how I can get a drink. <laughs> you could yell well, for Jim. Well, yeah, I could, like, yell for Jim. I could yell for Fiona because... She freaks out when I say, go get your mommy a cocktail. <laughs> I say that. That's horrible. I would cringe, too. I would be terrible. I've never actually said it honestly. Right, of course. Um, or taking you guys with me, which is kind of, you know, earthquake. We can, we can or, all with you. We should all go get a drink with Murr. Or, be like, or, okay, there's or, a I could leave you to talk about Savage Legion and give everybody a um, a rundown of the plot. Because Fiona, I was talking it up at the Crowdcast today, and Fiona's like, talk about the book. Say what it's about. I'm like, I didn't get a copy. I don't have it yet. I remember enough about what it's about to probably get it very wrong. Right. Right. I think you should just have, should have just pitched it. In fact, the more wrong you were about it, I think all the better it probably would have gotten when then ten you're telling of it. So I don't mm -hmm. know why you go ahead. I would rather have you pitch my book poorly from memory than have me go around and pitch it accurately. I think that'd be way more entertaining and well, draw way more readers. They might be a little betrayed when they read the book and it wasn't anything <laughs> like what you said. But still, by then I've got well, the money. It's like um, all the people who are betrayed by finding out that Harry Dresden doesn't wear a big hat with a brim. Were they betrayed by that? The artist has been doing Harry Dresden like that since the first book, and he doesn't wear a hat at all, and it apparently pisses Jim Butcher off. 
I don't care how Jim Butcher feels. About I don't him. care either. I'm just saying yeah, it's no, one of those. No. You pick up a book and you think it's about a wizard with a big hat. And you go like, where the fuck's my hat? In fact, of anything, I want to buy that artist a drink just for trolling Jim Butcher <laughs> for a decade. I think that's awesome. I hope the artist was doing it intentionally. I hope it was they were playing the long game on that and just enjoying the hell out of it the whole time. And then acted innocently whenever they were confronted about it. Oh, he doesn't wear a hat? I had no idea. He's got thousands of sketches of him with a hat. But yeah, Mark, you want to run and get alcohol. Fuck Jim Butcher. Um, you want to run and get alcohol. I will vamp. All right, you vamp. Will you actually interact with people? Yes, no, I'm going to interact. I'm going to interact with the people. I've been, you know. Oh, I know. I'm just saying it's different than asking you to vamp. And, oh, it's, it's true. It's a very yeah. regular thing when you just have to right. talk into the mic. So you can actually true. talk to them. So guys, Alex, Tim, Justin, Pablo, Joe, Todd, and anybody else I missed, uh, talk to Matt. Yeah, the stop people want vamping, so you're going to have to do it, dude. I'll be right back. It's better than vampiring. Uh, I've been wanting to make that joke literally for years, and I always forget. And now I've remembered. So Murr's gone. What does everybody really think about Murr? Now's the time. I won't say a word. I promise. Tim, vampirism is no laughing matter, says Tim. Sometimes it is. If you've ever watched What We Do in Shadows, it's very much a laughing matter. Shout out to Guillermo, my hero. The retroactive hero of my childhood, even though he didn't exist back then. Uh, did I miss anything? Well, it was Justin says, I'm so excited to pick up my book tomorrow. Justin, I'm excited for you to pick up your book tomorrow. I was excited to finally get my, I just got my copies of the book that I wrote like six days ago. And I was very happy that that happened. They sent me a big ass box. I did an unboxing on my YouTube channel. If anybody wants to go check that out, Angry Writer, it's a good time. But it's an exciting book to get because it's very shiny. For those of you who don't know, the book is very shiny. And uh, I think that's a plus. So, you know, not all books are shiny. Uh, Todd says, my electronic copy is available tomorrow. Good. Elect I'm not sure that the electronic copy will, in fact, I know it won't be as shiny as a physical copy, but it'll shine from within. You're going to get inner shine. You're going to get pixelated shine. And that'll work. Alex says, I loved your video. I love seeing authors get emotional over their copies. I did get very emotional over my copies. It was, uh, that was some realness on the, on the YouTubes because it's just a big deal, man. It's a big, all books are a big deal. It's an amazing anytime a book is published, especially for the writer of that book, because it's a much more rare, rarer, it's a much rarer thing that I think we give each other credit for. Because it just seems like when you're an author, it seems like millions of books come out all the time and none of them matter. You know, you start to feel like that after a while. When you have to realize that most people who try to write a book don't end up having a book published. You know, that's, that's real. So whenever a book comes out, it's a big deal. But then to me personally, this was like a seven, seven, eight year journey if you count everything. So it was a long road to get here. And it was, I was very much, it's very true. Uh, Tim says on a Kindle fire, you get LCD shine. Good point, Tim. I was just talking more about how shiny my book is. Oh. We were also talking about how the electronic copies are not as literally shiny as the physical copies, but they have inner shine. Uh, and Joe says, shininess is a key consumer factor. I agree. And I said it on the video. I'm very sad that so many people won't be able to walk into an actual bookstore and peruse yeah. the shelf. Because my book is going to pop off a shelf. Yeah. It's, it's going to glint and just catch you. And you're going to be entranced like a deer. And it'll punch you. It'll punch you in the face. Well, not well, books. Yeah. Not like hard. Just like to get your attention, you know. 
like a love tap. My book will not assault you. That's a terrible thing to say. But anyway, did you get alcohol? Or did I you did. I did. Kraken. You got the Kraken? Oh, that's traditional. I got the Kraken. You got all the rum? Yeah, no, I got it on a combo, which is my, my preferred right now. But Kraken is very traditional. We go back a long ways with Kraken. We do. We yeah. do. I've seen you murder a Kraken bottle. I did with John Smarr. We, we between us, we murdered a whole Kraken bottle, and I had to fly out of, of that con like at three in the morning, and I was loaded. Just yeah, blended. yeah. Sauce, man, just blended. <laughs> they dropped me. Him and his wife dropped me off at the airport. I know you know this story, but I'll tell it for sure. you. So we were playing. Uh, we were playing. Friend, what is it? funny friends? The German. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's when you married Pamela, right? Yes, I married Christian, married Pamela, and it was all very respectful. We're gonna have to explain funny friends in a minute. You realize? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna the last time we were together, but then I had to go play Pathfinder. It was a whole right. thing. Uh, Nikki got to play anyway. So we were playing funny friends at like three in the morning. Uh, our friend John Smar, Laura Burns. Uh, I killed Hart. He was literally rolling on the floor after being that drunk. I had him rolling with laughter on the floor. Mark. I'm still very proud of that. It's the only person I've ever literally made roll on the floor of laughter. And then, <laughs> oh, hello, who's going, what's going on? Fiona's here. Fiona's here. Hey, Fiona. Hello. Hello, recent Hi. high school graduate. Yeah, we're live. Oh, no. What? Oh, no. <laughs> you, it's fine. Did she not have all the information? What? Did she not have all the information? Did she not realize we were live? I guess she didn't realize we'd started. Yes. Right. She's been at her, at her trumpet lesson. Um, I just want to interrupt for a second and say, uh, Todd, I apologize. I did not get your uh, message until just now, but clearly you found the thing. So, um, if what you was want Todd to looking for? Oh, Todd wanted to see if there was a, a, a invite or something to the thing tonight, but he found it. Oh, so, good. Well, obviously, because Todd is here. But, exactly. Uh, that's what I'm saying. You need, you need context when you're talking to the people in the room for the playback. It's all about the playback. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this bullshit that's going on I right now. I remember that. Later, so I, I believe that. Firewriter hooked me up. Good for you, Firewriter. Thank you. Awesome. Firewriter. Really appreciate that. Shout out to Firewriter. Anyway. Firewriter. Uh, Firewriter. Yeah, the, the, the wind is, is killing them all. Sorry, Fiona's trying to light the other mosquito coil. The other citron slash citronella yeah. slash citronella candle. <laughs> uh, my Discord neighbors is my IRL. Oh, wow. Sorry. I just caught the tail end of that, Alex. Um, anyway, what was happening? I was telling I, I think we were talking about you got really lit and you played Funny Friends and married Pamela, and then we got. Yeah, so it's 3 a.m. So John Smar, who I killed the bottle of crack with, and his lovely wife. We're kind of to drive into the airport. We're in Baltimore, um, and Laura was sober, so she was she was fine. So she drove. John fell asleep in the back seat. She drops me off at the airport. They put me in the body scanner, and I start reciting the opening monologue from Quantum Leap for no reason, which I found very funny, but nobody else got. But yeah. then I, I found out later that Laura got lost, and they ended up in a really sketchy part of town. And John was asleep in the back and like completely useless, and she was like scared out of her wits. Is this and Baltimore was, or Columbus? I think it was Baltimore. That was Baltimore. How did you go all the way back from Ohio to Baltimore? I flew. They drove me to the airport, and I flew. That was inherent to the story. They drove you from Hocking Hills to Baltimore. Yeah, wherever the airport was, that's where. That's where. That's where we were. Todd knows that area. Is there a closer airport 
than Baltimore? I still think it's Columbus. Yes. Okay, maybe it was Columbus. I don't know. It's not my area. It's not my part. That's of true. Area. It was three a.m. and you'd you'd killed some kraken. So I did, and I got a Wetzel's pretzel, and that made it all better. So when you kill a bottle of kraken, definitely go for the Wetzel's pretzel. Yes. If so it's not. Do you guys want to know about the very inappropriate game, uh, Funny Friends? It's German. It's like the German the area around that airport is sketchy, apparently. So yeah. Yeah. It all ended up fine, but I just, I always picture Laura like trying to wake John up, a drunken John up at three in the morning in the backseat to like tell her how to get home. Yeah, that's terrifying. Um, so funny, for, there's a there's a German game designer and his name is Freedom and Freeze. And he uh, is a very prolific game designer and he tends to name all of his games FF. And um, it's, it, I don't know if always when they're uh, uh, translated, if they're always FF, but this time, I don't know what it's called in German, but in English, it's called Funny Friends, which is kind of odd, but I like to describe it as the game of life, like life is really experienced. So you start out in puberty and you have uh, opportunities to, to get experiences in front of you. And the experiences are like, First communion, which gives you religion and uh, money. And there's experiences like class trip, which gets you like a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And then there's. Um, Isn't there like teenage weed dealing? Yeah. Yeah. And then it gets into like uh, drugs for the first time or uh, one of my favorite cards, which was it was just one time where you have a friend you have sex and then you get a baby, but you do not have a relationship. Right. It's just two really sullen looking teens with a, with a uh, baby carriage. And after, after you, the, the thing is you get these uh, in your hand is are hidden life goals. And again, the life goals, not always what we would consider life goals. Um, but it tells you, you need a certain amount of, friends or uh, money, illness, drugs, religion, knowledge, sex. It's just Everywhere. a of things. It's life. It's life. And yeah. so, but the, the funny thing is, is that there are NPCs on the table that you can include because you, whenever you like make friends with somebody, you take their little head and you put them in your little friend area. Your but, friend area. Everybody else in the game is also can also be a friend or a lover. Yeah. And it gets really weird when you start having um, babies and, and sex with your friends. Um, I mean, that's true in life and in gaming. I wouldn't say weird <laughs> when that it's happens in life. It certainly gets interesting. Yes. But uh, yeah, what my favorite tale is um, I married a friend of ours from game night and then I had an affair with my real life husband and we had a baby <laughs> and my husband in the game stayed with me. And then I had another baby with Jim and then it's th there's like there are places where you can solidify your relationship where nobody else can mess with you. And there are places where you're vulnerable. And so somebody can break you up if they have the right card. 
And so Jim had, it turns out, uh, when we were at a, at a, uh, a scary moment, a, a fragile moment, I should say, in our relationship, my fake husband and I, Jim broke us up and married me and then won the game by playing the happily married card, which is two kids and a strong marriage with somebody. <laughs> my in-game husband was very upset. Right. And he's like, yeah. I was raising those kids as if they were my own. I knew they were mine, but I didn't care. Yeah. Wasn't your in-game husband Ursula? No, but Ursula does like to play a boy just so she can mess with me. Yeah. Because you have to in the context of the game. You don't have yeah. to be able to mess with people in real life. But yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It, is, it is highly inappropriate. I, I say that you cannot play it with anybody you're related to or anybody in in a generation above you or a generation below you. Right. It's a fairly good guideline, I feel like. Yeah. So yeah. I let, you know, Fiona play it. I just gave her the ground rules and said, I got to get out of the room now. <laughs> well, Fiona's an adult now, though. Yes. You're not what? I, I was talking about, like, sorry, never mind. It's okay. You can say. You are not... Uh, in fault for anything that happened. Yes, yes. I was not responsible for anything that happened after I told the kids how to play the highly what inappropriate you game. said to them, you like alleviated yourself of any responsibility? Yes. I, I, I gave everybody a rundown of the rules and then said, and never tell your parents I taught you how to play the game. And I left <laughs> Good mother. Parent of the year right there. Yeah. You, the mother. you were 17 this year. I know, but it was on my birthday. Oh, that's true. It was a birthday, so you were seventeen. Okay, and it is seventeen and up. I think that's the that's the age limit. So yeah, it's got and it's got really funny art, and it's very. A lot of the art is is body, and some of it's not necessarily body, but it has a lot of callbacks. Like you have. Uh, oh, body. Body. B A W D Y. Okay. You've got uh, like a a church group for kids and you have this really goth looking guy looking absolutely miserable sitting next to a very perky blonde woman right and then utterly unconnected to that experience later on you'll see something else happen in their lives and you'll see this like miserable looking goth guy and perky blonde are like together for years just right like the narrative continues through the car yes later on the game yeah that yeah. is feature yeah so i don't even know if it's sold in the u.s anymore we've had it for years but it is it is one of my favorite games to play with people whom i trust yeah absolutely <laughs> that is that is a key thing you got to trust people if you're going to play this game you can't and like, otherwise many games like that also fun one to play with other writers i find because they get you get very creative and embellish what's going on in yes. the game on top of it and start filling in backstory that isn't yes. there not that you have to be a writer to do that, but I'm just saying other creative people who who can riff, you know. And those two things don't even necessarily go together. There are plenty of writers who are terrible at riffing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Clever. And there's no rules about you have to be a good riffer to be a writer, vice versa. But yeah. You know. Yeah. Riffing. <laughs> How do we feel about improvisation in the room? Are you good improvers? Are you bad improvers? Are you good coming up with stuff on the spot? Or do you need time? Do you need time to like compose something for it to be? nuanced and clever. I keep trying to remember 
as you guys type, I keep trying to remember there's a game where writers don't do that well. And I can't remember what it is. And, it, and I don't know if it requires improv or if it's just the fact that I tell stories and I'm good at plot and I'm good at character, but I am not a wordsmith. Right. So I hate Scrabble and I hate it on, on a higher level because everyone assumes since I'm a writer that I love Scrabble. Right. That is a, that is a writing that you'll encounter among yeah. It's It's terrible. People. Yeah. Uh, Brent says, Brent Lambert, what's up, Brent, by the way? Yeah. What's going on, Brent? That makes me really happy that you're here. Uh, depends on the crew I'm with. So do so many things. So many things do depend on the crew you're with. Uh, Alex says, it depends in games, kind of, and improv, icebreaker games, pretty shit. That's fair. Uh, Tim can improvise pretty well. I mean, now that I talk about my books, I plan even less than before. I kind of improvise whenever I write now. That's that's fair. That's fair. I used to be a lot. I feel like I used to be a lot more spontaneous with that than I am now. I feel like I plan things more, or at least I'm more linear now writing than I used to be. Yeah, I used to be all over the place and just whatever occurred to me in the moment. Now I have to like come up with one thing after the other and have some general plan, or I get lost. Derek hates Scrabble too. Thank you. Thank you, Derek. We appreciate it. I I like improv sometimes. I feel comfortable like in cons and stuff. Matt and I don't really plan out our live ditch diggers and we still seem to do okay. Not at all. <laughs> we want a Hugo. Yes, we want a Hugo. Not specifically yeah, the live ditch diggers, I will point out, but. I think it's, um, it's like, hold on, hold on, we can, we can see. Right? Oh, there it is. There it is. It's right there. There it is. All that other crap over there. But Didn't yeah. they give you that thing on the wall? Oh, the uh, Luchadora Madonna. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things in my office. Yeah. yeah you can do that. that was a gift from you. They, I think you gave me at the con where we played the funny friends, as a matter mm. of fact. So, oh, well, that's not important. I rolled it up in a tube. It's not that different. You definitely oh. did give me a con if it wasn't at that con. I know yeah, that. You drove. You flew. So. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, Point being, it all comes back around. It's all connected. Now. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is with me, um, I, I still have this problem. I was talking about it at lunch today. So those of you who were here, I'm sorry. It's, I'm repeating myself. I get this problem of I stop talking and I start to think about what I want to say next. Unfortunately, then I will think I've created dead air. And right. then I will think now all I'm thinking of is I've created dead air and now I've created more. And now I can't say anything because all I can think about is how I am not talking and actually, yeah, yeah yeah friends did this really well when when well it was very awkward ross tried to kiss his cousin and then you hear his inner monologue she's like what the hell are you doing and he's like and you can hear him say say something say anything you've got to answer her say something oh my god this is the longest <laughs> no one has ever talked ever and all those moments feel like an eternity. Those are yes. those elongated moments. Yes, and so that that's the problem I have with improv and um, live stuff. And and the problem is, I I wish I could think fast, but the minute I take a moment of dead air, all I can think about is, oh God, it's dead air, and I'm making it worse, and I'm making it worse, and I'm making it worse, and I got to snap out of that. Those of you who've done improv, what do I do, Derek? Four years of improv, fix that for me. <laughs> It's all on you, Derek. Derek, come just on. Say something, you'll break out of it. Just say something, you'll break out of it. Just blurt out the first thing that comes to your mind. That did not work on trends. 
I just want to point out. I am getting eaten alive, and these mosquito coils are not doing anything, and we wasted money. Money you could have taken to college. <laughs> money that what? you need to college. Because college is very expensive. Yes, I spent your college money on citronella candles. I wanted to enjoy the backyard. Are textbooks still the huge scam that they used to be in terms of college? Yeah. She's not uh, shopping yet, but yeah, we're pretty sure. Yeah, that needs to stop. Are we out here for a book review? Well, Matt talked about the book while I was inside, didn't you, Matt? Yeah, a little bit, but you can't talk about the book the whole time. Like, that just gets really... a commercial. I'm yeah. just an assistant making sure that you, you know, advertise your book. Fiona wants to make sure you're advertising your book appropriately. Well, Fiona is a marketing professional, and I, I appreciate that perspective here. And I will, I will get, we'll do that in pieces throughout. But yeah, I feel like how much you can talk about your book at an event in an hour is proportionate to like how famous you and the book's work is. You know, because there are people who's like you have a thing that's so popular, people will listen to you go on about it for an hour. Right? I'm definitely yeah. not anywhere near that yet. So I can't just talk about the book consistently for an hour. You, yeah, feel like, you feel like that's inaccurate? Well, I mean, I'm thinking of, um, I went to a reading with Chuck Palahniuk once. And basically he got up and he's like, look, I'm not going to read from the book because everybody's here to buy the book. Why do you want me to read from it? You're going to read it. And so then he just told stories for an hour. And right. it was highly entertaining. He's a very good storyteller. Um, Luckily, I found out that his story, Guts, is not something I will ever read because he was talking about how he read it at readings and people were fainting. I really got that, yeah. but I guess everybody's experience is different. I found it, whatever. It Did matter. you read Guts? Yeah, yeah, I oh, read okay. it back when everybody was talking about how like shocking it was, but perhaps yeah. my life experience has been different than others. I don't know. Um, but no, I'm not saying you should talk about the book for a solid hour. I'm just saying for some, it is an option more than others. That's all. Yeah. I would rather go and see a guy like that tell stories for an hour than talk about shit that I've already read or I'm going to read because I'm sure he has good stories. But, you know, so it feels like the same way. Yeah. While Alex says you really should chill, talk about the book more. Thank you, Alex. You're probably right. I probably By Savage Legion. By Savage Legion. It's out tomorrow if you have not already. It's very good. It's very good. It's almost 500 pages, like right under. Wow. How many it's words is that? What? How many words is that? Uh, like 130, 135,000, somewhere around there. Start off a little slimmer, and then as we, as you do, we added more in editing. As my editor Yeah. My edit edits are uh, kind of beefing up, and I'm a little worried about how big this book is going to get. Considering oh. I usually write about the 80 to 100,000 words, you know, like 120 would be big for me, so. Well, 130 was huge for me. I'd never done anything yeah. really, I think, half that length before that. Because, you know, I'd done novellas and the couple of novels I'd done had been really short. So That's true. I still have no idea how I did that. And then I did it again in, like, seven months, which was I, – I still have no idea how I have the first draft of the next book done already. Because the first book took me, like, four or five years. So See, that's something we don't talk about a lot is that you've got years to write your first book. And, and hone it and make it awesome and then you mm -hmm. sell it and then you get a two book deal and they're like okay we want book two in eight months true yeah that is a thing like, that we also didn't think about until it was a reality and right in front yeah. of me um 
I guess the one thing you can say about that is if you're traditionally published, at least at that point, you have like backup. You have an editor who presumably worked with True. you on True. the first book and, is, and can help you. I mean, they can't write it for you, but like, you know, they can they can help you out figuring out the second one. Right. You have problems, you can go to them and then, you know, you can. It's a, I mean, the other thing that's good about that is at that point, like you can turn in a draft that you would be mortified to take out to a publisher, you know, before you had the contract. That's the other thing. Like you sold the city, you got your book deal, you got the editor, they've already bought this book. Like you can write your shitty first draft and then get your editor on it. And it's not like if they read your scratch draft, they're going to be like, this is terrible. The deal's canceled. Go away. Like they understand that they're part of the process now. So yeah, I think those things definitely help, but it was definitely a big kind of shock to the system to realize that now that I signed the contract, I had less than a year to do what had taken me four or four or five years to do again, all over again. So, but hey, I did it. So it must be possible. If I can do it, fucking anybody can do it. Um, having Nikki helped a lot. She kind of kept me on task with that. It's good to have people. Again, good to have people to back you up, you know? Yeah. Not and wholly, not, not wholly necessary, but. It's it is helpful. Uh, Leanne says my copy will download midnight. I pre-ordered a month ago. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. I appreciate all of you. Uh, back a few ways. Uh, we also had uh, JJJ. I had textbooks that cost as much as some courses in college. I presume, and I believe that because again, they're a huge scam, and I object. I object vehemently. Vehemently is that the word? Vehemently. 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 I can't do it. I'm going to stop. Sorry. Stop right now. Just digging the hole. It's not the dead air hole, but I'm still digging the hole. That was a callback. Yeah, I know. I just didn't know. I, I didn't know there was any hole. No, I just said that so I could do the callback. Death spiral of dead air. I'd have I'd have an odd totem item that you have near you that makes you think of something specific or funny and bring you back. I like it. Maybe I'll try that. Interesting. Yeah. Thank you, Derek. I certainly have fidgets that help me through life all over the place. Fidgets, you know, things that fidget. Yes. I thought you said pigeons and I got very confused. (laughs) If I mean, some people do have pigeons that help you get through life. If you've ever seen Ghost Dog, Way of the Samurai, everybody had pigeons in that movie. Love that movie. Uh, They were carrier pigeons, if you haven't seen Uh, them. So. I like how what I said didn't make sense until I pointed out they were carrier pigeons. People can't just have pigeons who help them get through life. They have to have a function. Do they? I'm sure people do. I'm sure there are people who like raise pigeons who aren't carrier pigeons. Oh, they're dead, aren't they? The pigeons or the people? Carrier pigeons. Carrier pigeons. Oh, that's passenger pigeons. What's the difference? I mean, both of them carried stuff, right? I don't know. Joe says rooftop pigeon keeping is still a thing. Some for food, some for racing. I didn't know about the racing. I want to know more about the racing. Tell us of racing pigeons, Joe. I need to know about this. Like race them across long distances? Or is it what the hell is pigeon racing? I guess is my question. Because I was not aware of it. I don't know either. I hope it doesn't hurt the pigeons. Home Alone 2 seemed perfectly happy with her park pigeons. Did I see Home Alone 2? There was a lady with pigeons. Not everybody saw Home Alone When did you see Home Alone 2? I didn't. I watched the Cinema Sins. Oh, you watched Cinema Sins, yes. 
it's like the cliff notes of movies. Now I can just look down my nose at, at Cinema Sins for you didn't actually watch the movie. You need to see Home Alone. Derek says, Derek has got to run. Congrats, Matt. Can't wait for pre-order Assemblation Drive. Thank you so much, Derek. Thank you. Oh, for thank you for by. helping me with improv, Derek. Yes, thank you for the improv advice. More than buying my book. Thank you for the improv advice. That's really yeah. what we need. It's getting so dark where you are, Mark. Yeah, I know. I was. Can you grab me that light? That light right there. I'll bring it closer. Uh, I've yeah. already like made people go. Only pictures that are taken a distance, then released in time. How long to get home? Thank you. Oh, so it does time back into time. Tie back into the whole carrier pigeon. Thing. Is that better? It wasn't. I didn't think it was. I mean, yes, it is. It's more. It's clearer. But yes, uh, it's getting dark. I rather appreciated the sun going down as a metaphor for what I don't know. But. And then what happens when it all gets dark? Am I dead? Because you come back to death a lot. Like the pigeons are dead, you're dead. What is what is your fixation this evening with mortality? I mean, I guess we're all a little obsessed with mortality. I don't know. I it's, lay that on you. I thought I thought some of the pigeons were uh, 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 extinct. What is a passenger pigeon? I heard that. I don't. I honestly have never heard that term before. Homing pigeons are taken a distance, then released in time. How long to get home? Yeah, I read that. Got just a couple of minutes ago. So what is a passenger pigeon? I think it's the extinct one. That's what Fiona says. So what it's a, it's an extinct form of pigeon? Extinct form of pigeon. I'm seriously asking. I heard the phrase. No, it's, like, it, it, it's like it's like it's an it that's an adjective on something that it's like I, I would like to have an extinct form of pigeon, please. Like you'd start out with I don't know. I just okay. I don't anyway. know how to explain it. It sounded funny. Joe says, check out the pigeon-guided missiles the Allies tried to develop in World War II. That's a new one on me as well. That's uh, that is a new one on me as well. Uh, Leah says, yes, passenger pigeons were hunted to extinction. That's really sad. The CIA has done weird shit with cats, hasn't it? <laughs> Something about... That's officially my favorite question anyone has ever asked in any context of... He's done weird shit with cats, right? Well, oh, I'm sure they have. I mean, I have no doubt. I want to hear about the pigeon-guided missiles, and then we can get to the cats. So Joe says missiles are bombs to make them more accurate. So they didn't realize that they wouldn't be able to be very heavy, right? <laughs> the pigeons carry. I don't think the pigeons were literally carrying. I think there was a comic of Bloom County making fun of that. Oh. Bloom County made fun of that, apparently. The Bat Bomb is a book about a project from World War Two. I will check that out, because that sounds... So My right, favorite thing about World War Two was the uh, ghost army of a whole bunch of artists. Was that, I thought that was Lord of the Rings. No, that was something else. The ghost army had to create a whole bunch of illusions. So they would, like, create images of tanks and stuff to be seen from a distance. Oh, yeah, I did. That one I have heard of before. I, I yeah. that and is very like, They were not allowed to talk about it. It only the the stuff was declassified only a couple like a couple of decades ago. Right. It was fast. You know, they literally were like doing like Roadrunner, Wiley e. Coyote, yeah, that shit. Yeah. And like they saved you know lots and lots of lives and helped win battles and were totally classified. I mean, you know, not everybody can say that. I guess it's not a good thing. Sometimes I yeah. wish I were classified more. 
sounds peaceful in a way. <laughs> what, what if you're already classified? What if you're really like super spy? What if I was a super spy? I would be the worst fucking spy that ever lived. It'd be terrible. Because I know I'd forget and just tell everybody I was a spy, probably. That'd be the first thing that would happen. I'd, I'd be really late for all kinds of spy appointments because I'm not punctual at all. It's not funny. Lives would be caused. Like, I'd have contacts. Well, I'm just wondering okay. what spy appointments. It's like you look at somebody's Google calendar and it's like, spy appointments with Russia. Yeah, that's, what that's what I'm saying. I would have a Google calendar that would literally say spy appointment because I was too lazy to make it anything else. And, it and you know what's best well. is you would get the time zone wrong. You would like, are we reading, are we meeting Russian time or my time? So, I yeah, can't remember. I'd be on Pacific time US and it'd be like Minx, Minx time. Minx? What am I saying? Some other time that we're supposed to be meeting on. That Russian place starts with that. Uh, Alex says, no one would ever believe you, so you'd be the best. There's a certain logic to that. Good point. Yeah. So, I don't know. The CIA or FBI or somebody's listening to this, so I guess they could recruit me if they, they really feel That's true. Well, they're off messing with cats. They're off doing weird shit with cats. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just really did find that funny. CIA's done weird shit with cats, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, trying like, to train them to be spies or care. I'm not even talking like dirty stuff. Just you asked, no, it wasn't about that. It was just you asked the question. Like everybody at some point tries to do weird shit with cats, and you were wondering if the CIA had gotten in on the trend of doing weird shit with cats. So. Yeah, and it, it wasn't even about defining the weird shit. It was just the idea that that's like a, such a common thing. Mm-hmm. Well, people, you experiment, you do weird shit with cats, right? I mean, we all yeah. do it. Tim says, exactly, you'd be in Prague and they'd ask you if you were a federal agent and who knows. Uh, I'm sorry, I missed that old thing. I was thinking about the cat thing. Okay. Yeah, so all of that. Where is Gislaine Maxwell, Matt? I don't know what that, I don't know what that's referencing. I'm not sure. Maybe I am a spy and that's code and that's going to activate me. You That'd be pretty, that'd be pretty good opening for a spy novel. Two authors doing a crowdcast, and mm-hmm. somebody in the chat activates them, and suddenly it's like a born identity thing. <laughs> or start a podcast titled "Spy Shit with Matt." Yes, <laughs> that is the title of this book launch: "Spy Shit spy with Matt." With Matt, I love it. Again, another reason I'd be a terrible spy. Uh, human trafficker arrested by the Fed. Oh, that's Gislaine Maxwell. So, I, yeah, I missed that. I, the news has been very dense lately, so I apologize yeah. for up on things. Yeah, I've missed that, too. I, they caught that guy, though, so there's that. <clears throat> so, anyway. Anyway. I have many podcast ideas, Mark. I just have no ability to, or initiative to create them. Sort of the reason I would be a bad spy is the same reason I would be a bad I realized, I, I realized earlier this week that um, one of my problems is I have a lot of ideas, only they would require a bigger team than me to do them, and I'm not a great leader. Right. And I'm not a great organizer. I'm not a great, you know what, you suck and you can't be on the team anymore, so I'm going to have to do the unpopular thing and fire you kind of person. So it's like some of my grand ideas – I wouldn't know where to start because I'm just me. The fact that you and I have created this thing and right. occasionally we get someone else on. Yeah. <laughs> like, amazing. 
It is when you really think. I don't know, though. You leave me around all the time. You have no choice. Like, I would not be able to do any of this if you weren't constantly telling me, like, no, be here. Where but are you? I will not, like, I, I don't send you a script and say, right. this is all the things we have to talk about and stay on script and et cetera. True, true. Yeah, with super, well, it depends on the kind of project, but, like, with a lot of the, it's more narrative, it's more structured. Structure is really the key there, like, having to work out everything beforehand. I think one of the reasons for our longevity is our ability to, you know, not have to actually plan out a bunch of shit ahead of time and just sort of create it in the moment is, yeah. the, is the kindest way to us that I can say, uh, you know, which really just means pull stuff out of Professionals. Yeah, we're professionals. Professionals. We but, are. Yeah, yeah I want to do, uh, I want to do, uh, uh, 80s nostalgia podcast, but that actually also examines the 80s through more lenses than just, hey, weren't the 80s cool? And I want to call it After School Karate. I like it. I think it's an awesome title for an 80s podcast. Can we? Can, can I come on and talk about all the awesome films that I cannot show my daughter because they're horrifying these days? Yes, that's that's exactly what the podcast would be for. It would be to, it would be to look at all that stuff that we remember fondly and actually examine it in a, in a real context. Because there's so much media that, and even stuff that hasn't been ruined for me, but that I have to acknowledge, that's really fucked up and intensely problematic. And even if it was formative for me, when you yeah. examine it through, you know, the lens of now, it was, and even the lens of then, just, you know, from other perspectives. But yeah, I think it'd be interesting. Because, you know, being an 80s kid and having so much attachment to the media from that period, it'd be interesting to examine it now. Okay, how come you and I both think of ourselves as children of the 80s? Uh, I mean, you know, I was born in, that's interesting, yeah, because we have, there was, we have, we have a, I always forget that we have an age gap, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, I'm gonna, I don't remember hardly any of the 70s. Right. And well, I don't remember any of the 70s. I was the oldest, I, I, I was born in 73, so I was seven at well, the I end of. I don't think of myself as a 2000s kid, because all my memories are from, like, the teens, yeah. I'm gonna say though, does anybody think of themselves as a 2000s kid? I feel like that's just a lost decade at this point. It's very strange to me. I'm pretty sure this year's a lost year. This year's definitely gonna be. I mean, I wish we could lose a lot of this year. It's gonna stay with us, but potential spam is calling me. Potential spam. <laughs> oh, you gotta answer this. Which would be my, <laughs> that would be my spy pseudonym right there. Potential, potential spam. spam. I mean, agent potential spam reporting for duty. Yeah. That'd be my code name. Oh, wait. Joe says he's a 2000 kid. Graduated high school in 07. Yeah. That's that's your formative years there were through some yeah. interesting times, to say the least. I mean, all times are interesting times, really. Interesting. Yeah, you, were, you were experiencing the 80s like I was experiencing the 70s. So right. So why do I consider myself yeah. an angel? Is what you're asking. I don't know. I, I had I had a bizarre amount of awareness at a very young age. I think that helped. Like I'm I remember, not aware of anything. Yeah, I remember. But I remember stuff from when I was like, you know, like six to eight. I still remember stuff the way other stuff with the way other people remember stuff from when they were like eleven or twelve. So. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm not I'm even. I'm not like I was hyper intelligent. I was just aware. That's that's all. Right. I it's difference. Well, I was in a very small mountain town, and so I was incredibly hidden away in a cave, kind of thing. That could be like, 
Yeah, I I was in Bell Gardens and houses were getting shot up, and you kind of had to grow up really fast where I live, so I didn't really have a choice in that part of it. Leanne saw uh, Star Wars in a German movie theater. I did see Star Wars when it came out. I just don't remember a lot of it. I remember the black hole more only because I remember being there and falling asleep. But I do know I saw <laughs> Star Wars. I was very young. <laughs> Sorry. I, I have no opinions about the black hole. Was, so was Star Wars, was it dubbed in German when you saw it in the German movie theater, Leanne? I'd like to see Star Wars in German. I think it'd make it a way more entertaining movie, honestly. That would be very interesting. I want Han Solo. Oh, okay. sorry, fair. But I want Han Solo to just be aggressively German. How did we both go to Han Solo? I was like, what would Han Solo sound like as a German voice actor? Did you hear that? You and I think very much alike, Fiona. Yeah. Very much alike. Probably more than your mother would like to admit to herself. I'll say that right now. I like you both. I know you like us both. I'm sure you like, at least I hope you like her more than me. But I do yeah. like her more than you. And then, you know, I wildly accept that. Everyone should. Fiona's way more awesome than I am. But yeah, we're both cool in the same way though. So yeah. there's that. If anybody's wondering, Matt and I are exactly nine years apart. We are. We are, both of our birthdays are on Saturday. We're children of the 25th. So I'll be zim, 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 and Mer will be zim, zim, zim. Plus nine. Plus nine. Yeah. Well, there you go. Plus nine. Hello to the princess scientist. Yeah. Oh, the callback. The princess I'm scientist back. says hello. I had a miniature meltdown in the car the other day with Nikki. We were talking about Fiona graduating and going to college and all that stuff. And and I just got into this thing. You've heard me do this before, but for everybody else, it's like I was just like, Fiona can't be an adult. This is not allowed. Fiona is a very small child who I bribe with stuffed animals to like me and who asked me to tell wrestling stories. That's it. That happened like yesterday. So what What the hell? What's going on right now? And I, so it was really more about me than her. It's about me and dealing yeah. with aging and mortality and just filtering it through the lens of her life. She doesn't deserve that. But <laughs> maybe eventually it was like, calm down. What's wrong with you? You're getting way too worked up about this. But yeah, I got a little emotional. But yeah. Proud of you, Fiona. Thank you. She says thank you. I know. We I mean, that's going to be me next month. Right. I'm sorry, what's going to be next month? I have to take my child. Oh, yeah. You take have her to, to another city during a pandemic and leave her there. That is, that's a thing that's happening. I don't, I've got, I got nothing, dude. Yeah. I really don't. I want to have more for you as your friend, but that's just. Everything is so fucked up. Yeah. And that's just, that's another level. And I have no frame of reference for a situation like that either because I have no children. Um, but yeah, she'll be, she'll be. Oh, I know she'll be fine. She's awesome. Tougher. I don't know about me. <laughs> no, you're not going to be fine. I'm not even going to be fine. I should be sitting here saying, oh, you're going to be fine. You're not going to be fine. It's going to be terrible. There's nothing you can do about it. You'll get through it. I can say that. Like with time, you'll, you will also be okay. But. There's a period there where it's just going to be horrible. There's nothing you can do. I'm going to sit over here and be sad off camera. You talk to the people in the chat. <laughs> Matt has been pulled through time a la Altered Carbon. I tried to get into that, and I really, really couldn't. I Like, I watched the – they people are telling me, like, the second season, it starts to get better or something. But I didn't read the books, and I haven't seen the show. So See, that's the thing. I will give – I will maybe give a TV show a couple of episodes because, you know, I saw Babylon 5. Right. But 
if you want me to sit through an entire season of like treating women like shit and having a white guy be a reincarnated Asian guy, oh, there's other stuff to watch. A lot of other stuff to watch. There's a lot of other stuff to watch. And yeah. I don't want to sit through all that to get to season two, which is good. So, unless you tell me that somebody like, uh, you know, Phoebe Walter Bridge or, or, or uh, Christine Boylan are show running Altered Carbon all of a sudden, then. That would be amazing. I would, I would tune in. Yeah. Oh, you've heard that season two of Altered Carbon is bad? Also. Okay. Also bad, so just no, nothing redeeming. I I've heard it. I've heard season two is good. I just, you know, that's the thing. There's so much good out there. And a lot of people are saying, you know, they do the whole, oh, should we keep the, uh, how should we, we do the artist versus their work? It's like if somebody creates something amazing, but they're a piece of shit human, can we separate those? And I'm thinking, you know what? We don't even have to because there's so much other stuff to read. I'm not missing out. There's so much out there. You know, yeah, I, I, I it's not like if you don't read this very popular thing by this garbage person, there's a hole in your life. <laughs> there's so much other stuff to read and watch and experience and listen to in podcasts and watch on YouTube. I mean, that's, you know, sometimes I worry that we've got this glut of media out there there's too much to experience and we're gonna you know fall to the wayside on the other hand it's really nice to know that you can say you know i haven't i'm not really into i don't know garbage thing over here because i've been watching see the rum is starting to take hold my my quick bringing up of podcasts and and books and stuff are going away but um you're doing fine yeah, you're going. You're on a good run there. You should have read stuff to watch. That's what I'm saying. There is, and it's amazing. And like you said, the one drawback of that is like there's there's too much, and you can't possibly take it all in. But I'm just that is a very good point. There's not going to be a garbage shaped hole in your life because you missed X by a garbage person. There's plenty yeah. of other stuff out there, and plenty of other stuff that we still need to to get on the air as well. So we're not even we're not even there yet. There should be more stuff. But well, yeah, Matt and I have a whole bunch of shit to create. Yeah, and it starts with and so do you guys. So there's that. See, I brought it all back around. You brought it back, Savage Legion. Buy it now. Buy it on. Buy it on ebook, and you'll get it at midnight. You will. You'll get it in just a few hours. Audio book as well. That should be up. Ooh, do you know who did the the narration? Lamise Isak. I don't. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing the name correctly, but she's very good. Very good. Familiar, but I'm not sure. I am blanking on the other audiobooks, that, but they they actually gave me approval of the narrator, which was made me feel very powerful. That's nobody, cool. nobody usually asks what the hell I think about anything. Um, and sent me like five different people <laughs> with audio samples of all of their stuff. And, oh, neat. Lemise was, I thought was the best. And we, and we got her, so that was really cool. So it should be good. I actually haven't heard it yet either. Like I just got my book six days ago, I still haven't heard the audiobook that's supposed to come out. I just uh, realized that... Uh, the mail comes tomorrow afternoon. I, I bought it in Amazon and local bookstore, and God knows when I'll get to the local bookstore because COVID. So I could buy it on Audible and have it immediately. You could. I could you buy could. your book again. 
I think you should. In fact, I think everybody should buy my book several times in several different formats because the experience will change. I wrote it specifically so that the experience will change immediately. Lie. That's a total lie. I didn't have to do that. As I say it, I was thinking, wow, that's a really good idea. I should have I thought of that beforehand. Joe's spending his audible credit. Yes. Joe, I'm touched. You sp- on me, your audible credit on me. Wow. I don't even know what to say. Can I tell you, um, speaking of Audible and reading stuff, you're going to laugh. But you're going to laugh because this kind of thing has been a punchline, but it's not anymore. Right. I have, uh, I had an idea for a book, as we all do, but I thought, where's the market for it? Essentially, it was a gay rom-com. Right. And then I'm finding, all of a sudden, there are lots of gay rom-coms out there. And they're really good. There's a book about the son of the president falling in love with a prince of England. Oh, love it. And um, I just read one about a a sort of uh, son of a, like, wasted uh, British prog star falling in love with an accountant. Nice. A lawyer, a lawyer, a male lawyer. So yeah. apparently the president's oh, like that. royal blue. I love that book. I've seen the cover for that. Now I remember. Yes, I've so seen. Like, I'm cover. super excited. I'm I'm trying to read a lot because I'm doing the whole. Am I allowed to write the whole? You know, I, I'm not a gay man, but I, I want to write the. Um, so we we. The, uh, the rule is that you can write stories with gay people in them. You just can't write like with about the struggles of being gay. Oh yes. Okay. My daughter says you can write about gay people, but not you can't try to write about the struggles of being gay. Because that's an own voices thing. Yes. Yes. Okay. That made sense to me, but I'm certainly not going to make any definitive statements about it because I don't yeah. feel my name at all. Uh, professional. Those of you who professional. If you'd like to chime in, please, please do so. My my daughter's coming out as professionally gay on podcast. <laughs> not just gay, awesome. but professionally gay. Fiona, congratulations. <laughs> I hope you have an amazing gay career. You deserve it. <laughs> have a great, awesome gay career. Yes. Um, but yeah, my, my theory is I've, I've, I love Christmas stories and I love Christmas romances, even though I know they're very trite. But um, my, my bar is low. There can still be Christmas romances that are shit. Right. But but there are still some that are better than most, and there's still some that I'll, I'll tolerate. But a lot of them have to do with a woman in a crap relationship goes somewhere, often to her home, if not her home, a small town in the mountains. Right. The whole Hallmark Channel thing. And falls in love with burly, mountaineer, down-home values kind of guy. Really? That was always, always extremely attractive and never bigoted. I thought it was like a local doctor. That was always the vibe. local doctor works too. I guess I'm thinking specifically of a mountaineer kind of guy. But um, as someone who grew up in a small mountain town, right, that doesn't exist. I do, yeah, not 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 a lot, not a lot of those guys. And I wanted to write a story about the support group that forms after these women leave these unhealthy relationships in the city. Okay. So we go back to the city, and there's these high like lawyer businessmen guys who've been dumped right 
who go to their I mean it's not bla- it's not like totally hanging a lantern on the I was a Hallmark villain kind of thing, but it's right. but they go to the support group of being dumped at Christmas kind of thing. Gotcha. And then they fall in love. Oh, at the meeting they meet each other yes. and they fall in love. I like the premise, certainly. So and do they all so they all even though you're not hanging a lantern on it, they are the Hallmark villains right like that's the point yeah yeah i mean you're gonna have the guy who's like um um you know my my girlfriend had to go home to deal with her father's business and she dumped me because she fell in love with a a, a logger she rekindled her, uh, rekindled her childhood romance with yes. uh, her first love exactly. who is the local doctor yeah yeah and and there's just gonna be more like that and i don't know how like how many times I want to actually pull somebody from a Hallmark movie and say only like barely cover the guy with a veneer of, of, of slight originality, but uh, there's certainly a lot of inspiration out there of skeevy guys that whose woman left them. And I just wonder what happens to them. Right. I mean, I hope they learn things and evolve. Well, that's the point. I'm not going to have skeevy guys fall in love and stay skeevy. That's right. I, that's, I mean, naturally. And I know you yeah. were. That was my reaction to that. Is like, I hope they learn and evolve. And yes. Stop being Hallmark movie villains because we don't need more of them. Yes. We have enough of them in real life, sadly. So I've been delighted to find out that the book I want to write already has a, a solid genre because I'm not brave enough to make the genre myself. No, I'm pretty sure the genre has always been there. <clears throat> oh, that is strong. It's starting to be, it's starting to build on me. Wow. No, that's this is this is. I know, I know. There have been gay romances before, but this it it. I guess because I like reading, and I'm going to pull in the covers here. You know, you, you see the cover of Bridget Jones' Diary. You see the cover of of these like chick lit books. Mm-hmm. Now there's similar art, only it's two dudes or two women. So it's got that. This is a funny romance that will end happily, but will make you laugh, kind of thing. Right, but I mean, is, it, is the issue that aspect didn't exist before? Or is the issue you didn't see that on shelves before? Um, I can say both of those are true in my head. Right. I don't know if it didn't exist because I didn't see it. Maybe it did. Right. Uh, the genre was there, but it's getting more and more mainstream. Okay, thank you, Leanne. That I'm was my sure the genre was there. I'm oh. not saying there has not been gay romances. I'm just saying, I guess in my audible watch, watching the audible stuff that goes by, the fact that I like romantic comedies, I'm starting to get more guy on. See, more I, think, uh, I think that's the important note. There's like audible and market and things like that are catching are catching up to it. And starting to recommend it more to people who otherwise wouldn't have seen it before. Like I yeah. think that's that's the important aspect. And I was I didn't think you were insinuating there weren't. I yeah. just think it's important to differentiate our personal experiences and limitations and biases versus what was always happening that we weren't aware of. You know, definitely. But, yeah, but yeah, like Netflix, all the, all those kind of things. You know, you you are people who wouldn't have been exposed to it otherwise are being exposed to it now, which is very cool. And I hope the trend continues. Yeah, I hope it's not a trend because you know trend. Phase, and that shouldn't be Things have changed and will continue to remain this way. How's that? That's what we're hoping for, man. At least that's what I'm okay. hoping for. No one has asked a question, which is at the bottom, which was pointed out to me today, which I was sober then, 
and I still did not see the red number at the ask a question. So if you guys have an actual question, you can ask a question because it's there. But yeah, if anybody has any questions, we'd be happy to answer them. They don't have to be about the book, but they can be about the book. Because yeah. again, we're here to promote the book, Savage Legion, it's out tomorrow. Even though, I, even though I went off on my gay rom-com tangent, sorry about that. I would much rather talk about gay rom-coms than my book at this point. Dude, Probably. I can recommend a couple. That red, white, and that one sounds really cool. Red, white, and royal blue. I royal just blue. listened to When Harry Met Harry, which is a little bit. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's funny. It 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 mirrors When Harry Met Sally. It like, down to a couple of the experiences, except for the orgasm. Didn't have the orgasm in the deli, but um, it the the problem I had with it is that it's it's two guys whose nicknames are Harry and no one calls them Harry, but they both have H names, which pisses me off because that confuses me. It took me a very long time to realize which guy was which. So like when Harry met Harry is clever, but I really wish one of them had been nicknamed Sam. You started because it confused you. Yeah. Differentiating the Harrys. Yeah. That's, that is a we have questions. How we many brains? <laughs> Todd wants to know how many brain cells did you kill writing Savage Legion? Oh, you mean like from the drinking associated with it? I don't know. Can can you ask follow-up questions? <laughs> you can ask because he can hear you right now. Yeah. So, Todd, do you mean from the drinking associated with the writing of the book, or do you mean the book was just so taxing that it murdered my brain cells? Yes. Yeah. We'll see what the drinking was. I don't – I'm not – that's the thing, man. I'm not really – I've never been a substances writer, you know? I don't do the – I was gonna say the Hemingway thing, but I don't even want to get into it like that. Um, but yeah, like drugs and alcohol in terms of creating art is not really my thing. I, I tend to drink socially. Yeah. I don't, I don't drink when I'm doing stuff. I caffeinate. I do caffeine. Does caffeine kill brain cells? I honestly don't know. Probably does. If it doesn't, the yeah, it's, it's like messes with your circulatory. It messes yeah. with your heart and stuff. It does many bad things. Uh, well, I, the thing is, I drink soda too, so it's got all the yeah. other crap in it that you're not supposed to have. So like I caffeinate and I drink soda and that's like my thing when I'm working. But I don't ever I don't ever get lit when I'm working. And I'm not, you know, I'm not bagging on anyone who does. I don't I don't describe the whole thing like you need that to create or whatever. Like I do think that's a little myth, but however you get down, that's on you. It's just not my it's not my deal. That's I what drink. I get. I, I I drink to relax. Right. Not, yeah. Not saying I can't relax without drinking, but I drink when I'm done with my day. And yeah. so, like, getting a glass of wine and going back to the computer, that that's not relaxing. I can't I can't do that. It's it's my reward for doing the work, and then I get to sit down with a glass of wine. It's not drinking while I write. Although, I've always wanted to ask Neil Gaiman if he has a short story that tests the effects of alcohol on drinking. And it's one of the funniest things I've ever read. And... I've always wondered if he actually was drinking when he wrote it, but probably not because it's very clever. You know, he'll, he'll write something and then he'll say, drink one. And then he'll keep writing and say, drink two. And more, it's more of a, it's more told in like a diary kind of way. But at one point he's like, I saw a nature show that said an elephant's deposit of semen could feed an anthill for a year. And all I could think of was, I feel very sorry for the ants. Okay. 
you know, elephant spunk again for dinner. Right. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I totally get it. Yes. So it's it, that's a very very funny story, but I don't know if it's actually done in in with alcohol or not. I don't know. It sounds simulated to me. Leanne, you are good. The other book I mentioned was Boyfriend Material. I finished it last night. Yes. Oh, that cover too. Yes. Okay. So if you guys know Red, White, and Royal Blue and Boyfriend Material immediately, then tell me what else to read because I've done When Harry Met Harry, Red, White, and Royal Blue, and the Boyfriend Material. J. Rom Com about elephants and ants. No. <laughs> so <Sorry. there's> that. <laughs> So while people are thinking of Rex, what is the, what is the sex of JJ? Are you drinking more than Matt and I are? I don't know enough about ant sex life to speak to that. No, the, the, check the newest question. Yes, please check, check the newest question. Do it. Do it, question Alex. Two was question two with Todd apologizing for the typos in question one, which thank I wasn't you. going to address. But thank you for the the update, Todd. But I I was with you. I got everything. I apologize for all my spoken typos. Yes. Were there any books you read that acted as a positive inspiration for Savage Legion? Uh, I will get to that. Uh, Joe says, time for dinner. Congrats on the book release. I look forward to listening tomorrow. Thank you, Joe. Thank you Thank so you, much. Joe. Bye. Please enjoy. Hope you enjoy. Uh, I'm sorry. Can you repeat the question? <sighs> i got to pull up the window again. God. Oh, I'm so sorry that I'm taxing you. Are there any books that acted as a positive inspiration for Savage Legion? <laughs> <laughs> That's hard to remember. I'm playing a bit here. Thank you. I'm Were there, ruin your bits. Yes, ruin my bits. Were there any books that read as a positive inspiration to Savage Legion? The Shade from the Young One there, yes. You, you're the Owner of the Shade. Noted. Both timing and delivery are specialties of Fiona. She's very good at it. Yeah. Um, books that have positive influence. I mean, Savage Legion is really largely a product of negative influences, honestly. It's, it's much more about all the shitty epic fantasies I read growing up. Many that I didn't realize were shitty at the time, but had nothing to compare them to. Um, but yeah, I would, I would say more of that. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of Martin, a lot of stuff that pissed me off about Martin stuff, honestly. I, uh, I actually watched a lot of the... Uh, it's just so shitty. I said this in an interview when the book got picked up, and people fucking, they still hate on me about it. And I get it, and it's fine. Uh, but like, when I was writing the book, I watched a lot of the, they did the histories and lore vignettes in the Game of Thrones DVDs, which were actually really cool, because it expanded on the world of the show, and it was the it was the actors um, doing doing the narration and character explaining lore and history of the world, right? And it's it was a really, it's a really good, digestible document that really, when you look at it from a certain way, dissects the way that Martin builds worlds and cultures and places and tells stories. And a lot of it uh, is really bad because I, I think a lot of the way he does things is very bad. But it outlined, it was kind of a perfect outline of all this stuff about epic fantasy that I don't like and didn't want to do in this book and wanted to deconstruct. So it was a really good document for that. So I guess you could say in that way it had a positive influence on Savage Legion. Whatever, man. Like, it's you read the books if you want. I don't care. But that's that's the true story. That was I watched those I watched those repeatedly while I was writing the book, and uh, it just helped me identify things I wanted to avoid. It critiques so many of those shitty tropes so well, says Brent. 
Oh, thank you, Brent. Brent wrote an absolutely amazing and for me humbling uh, review slash analysis of Savage Legion. It was one of my favorite things that's ever been written about a book that I wrote. Brent just got it and it made me very happy. But yeah, so I, that's what I was trying to do. I don't, you know, I don't claim to, it's, I, you know, like it's not, I'm not going to say it's like a brilliant deconstruction of a fantasy or whatever, but it came from a sincere place of like, I love epic fantasy as a genre and the potential of it. I don't like all these things about epic fantasy. So let me write, let me write up epic fantasy that's like a little self aware, not in a meta way, but just the writing of it is, the construction of it is. And let me look at all of those things. Let me look at, this is what I love about it, and this is what I don't like about it, and this is why this doesn't make sense. It wouldn't happen in an epic fantasy world. So, so it came from a lot of those books. <clears throat> I still love Dragonlance, though. I'll say that. I'm not going to say there aren't problems with it, but it was a very early influence on me, and I still enjoy, I still enjoy the mythology of Dragonlance. Yeah. <clears throat> is there anything purer than a Kender? This little joyful guy that wants to steal shit. That's from the books. I know. I, yeah. I, sure, I guess. Like, no. no, Matt, no. I mean, like, if... I suppose if infants were able to to move and think and act, then they'd be a kender without any, like, moral compass. Right. No, but I, I appreciate... That's a lack of awareness that I actually appreciate. Okay. And it served a function in the world they were in because they were exposed to so many horrors. I felt it was almost like a defense. It was a defense mechanism because they didn't have any other defense mechanisms. You know, you're tiny and defenseless in this horrible world. So you just <laughs> develop this stunning lack of awareness so that it isn't so horrible. That's the way I was thought. But anyway. Okay. Matt, Fiona's going inside. She would like to say goodbye to you. Oh, Fiona, are you going to be on? Are we I don't think so. Not with the light. No. Okay. So just get listen. Closer. Oh, get closer. There we go. Oh, there we go. See ya. See you, Fiona. Ah! Did you burn yourself? No, bug. Once again, very proud of you. Thank you. Anyway. Just the larger bug. bugs that don't bite but skitter are coming out. <clears throat> you know, they're, they need to eat, too. I'm going inside. Okay. It's probably <laughs> time to wrap this. We did. We, it's probably time to wrap this up. Where, what are we at? Probably. Yeah. I, I've lost all daylight, and and you have the evening in front of you. So. I do, because you're in the future. Thank I'm you. Know. Well, you're in my future. That sounded even Aww. weird. I didn't make it better. I just made it worse. <laughs> you, are, you, you exist three hours ahead of me perpetually, is the point. So. Exactly. It did sound romantic, Alex. So that's that's why it was strange, because um, that would basically be like hitting on your sister. Yeah. No. Which you are basically. Oh, thank you, man. Oh, you know. What are we? Fifteen years now? Longer? I don't even know. Something like that. Something like that. We'll call it. We'll call it fifteen. Round number. Round number. Yeah. I found out that Matt and I had the same birthday on MySpace. If that tells you anything, <laughs> you were in my top eight for a long time. That was the thing that happened. Ansela says you two should do this more often, please. I will try. Murr's doing them regularly, right? But I am not good at doing the things that Murr does regularly. 
Also, yeah, but also the regular thing I do is like 9 a.m. your time, which is not yeah, so good. When I'm starting my my job that I have during the yeah. day. So it's not always convenient. But yeah, no, we will try to do these things more often because I enjoy them. We can do evening things. I feel like Crowdcast works very well for this. I hope you all have enjoyed the experience. Yes. Are there any more questions before we wrap No, there up? are no more questions. There are two questions and an apology for a typo. So that's it. Excellent. Uh, oh, wait. There's an update to a question which does not appear to me in my defense. Justin says, uh, that's why I specified positive to the positive inspiration. Right. I'm sure you wanted to drag other authors. Oh, Matt will drag other authors. I didn't mean drag. I was just trying to answer the question honestly. It, was, it wasn't, it's not about drag, you know. But that was the truth, um, and I couldn't think of I couldn't think of a specific book that had a direct positive influence. Like I said, when I wrote the book, I was mostly thinking of books that I had issues with. So, yeah, but when when you say when you're talking about authors as powerful as say Rowling, King, or Martin, yeah, I'm not punching down here. Anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm punching up at God at that point. I mean, yeah. come on, I feel like that's fair game. Maybe there are really popular authors that you could. No, Th those yeah, no. they're doing fine. They'll still be <laughs> fine after Matt shits on them. George, 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 gonna be okay. George be okay. Yeah. So George gets to save the money on the Hugo party this year. So maybe he'll throw one next year that everyone gets to go to. It is way too eleventh hour to get in that whole fucking mess, and I'm not even touching that. And yeah. I, I mean, I Justin, I apologize if that went to a weird place where it was not my intention. I was just trying to be honest. Um, but yeah, so on that note, if nothing no, else, On that note, I want to say happy birthday and happy book day to Matt. Thank you. And I will, yes, we must toast. Yes, we must it's toast. And Absolutely. guys, thank you so much for coming out for this. We'll be putting it on the feed, but it really means a lot for those of you who showed up live. It really does. Thank you so much, folks, for coming coming out and participating. Really appreciate you a lot. Yes. Yes, I'm stoked to read it. I have a deconstruction. Congrats. Thank you very much. Brent, again, appreciate you so deeply. Pablo and so everybody. Alex, my Asian sibling. Alex, uh, just everybody, thank you. Thank you, Mark, for this coming on this crazy ride with me all these, all these of years. Of course. You can support us at patreon.com slash mighty Ditch diggers! Theme song by Devo Spice, devospice.com.